Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Hello, Scott. And only Josh Brown, because going forward from Mondays, we're going to do a little news jamboree, a sort of news extravaganza. News extravaganza, that's what we can call it, because um, we need mm. some sort of name for this. You're not a fan of news extravaganza? I don't know about that. We've got a week to workshop this, you know what I mean? Like, we don't need it. This will be the whole podcast if we have to decide. We have a week and only a week. I think, um, yeah, going forward, we're rolling out various different podcasts. We've got the uh, the Friday. We haven't got a name for the Friday one either, but it's me and Jules doing stuff on a Friday. It's me and you doing stuff on a Monday with more of a news bent. And then on Wednesday, it's just whatever we whatever's happening in the world. Um, I think that's I think, pretty catchy, mate. I think that's pretty good. Me one? and you doing news stuff on Monday with the news bent. I think that's that's the title, like, right there. Just, you know what I mean? Just abbreviate it. I can't abbreviate it in my head, but it would be some sort of like, and then just go with that. Anyway, professional, um, carrying that forward, we've uh, got various news stories that have broke across the weekend, including other talking points in the industry, um, including some stuff about um, Horizon Forbidden West being delayed or at least being confirmed for the second half of 2021. So we can start with that. Um, This comes from the newest PlayStation 5 New Worlds to Explore trailer, um, which confirmed that Horizon Forbidden West is coming in the second half of 2021, but uh, Gran Turismo 7, Returnal, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart are all sort of being pegged in for the first half of 2021. What do you think of the the rollout of these things? Because for me, I reacted to the fact that we're still getting PlayStation 4 games a year later than the PS5. Yeah, I mean, that's always going to be such a contentious point, especially for people who are buying a PlayStation 4 so early. But I mean, in terms of rollout, I think that's a pretty strong year for mm. Sony's first party. You know what I mean? Like, those are pretty big hitters. You've got Gran Turismo there, which is going to sell like hotcakes. You've got Horizon, which is obviously incredibly anticipated. Ratchet & Clank is, you know, perhaps as popular as it's ever been, thanks to the yeah. uh, 2016 reboot slash reimagining slash rethink. Um, and I think that late 2020. 2021 is probably like the cutoff point that I want to personally see for PlayStation 4 games also being compatible with like PlayStation 5 or at least actually the other way around. You know what I mean? After that, I would expect to see um, proper full PlayStation 5 games. And it's, it's interesting that is God of War wasn't at all mentioned there, was it? But that's slotted in for 2021. 
That's a very good point. I mean, that was all we know about God of War is that it's called God of War Ragnarok. They put that logo out, and then Koi Barlog's been sort of talking about it. But that's a very good point. I would assume that would slink in towards the end of the year to have the the one two of Horizon and God of War, but. Maybe not. That would be, I mean, that would be awesome. Like, if they nail that, I think I've been badgering you and Ben Roy to potentially do a podcast this week on whether or not 2020 is like the best year for Sony exclusives. Cause I think it's absolutely, mm. you know, amazing. But if they come out next year with that double whammy of Horizon 2, God of War, Ragnarok, and then have all of those other games in the first half of the year, like, that is so very solid. And there is a part of me that's a bit cautious, like you said, cause I want to see games like Horizon 2, games like God of War 2 the new one take full advantage of like that <laughs> ps5 architecture you know what i mean i want to see yeah, them yeah. like fully embrace and be built from the ground up from that so there's still a lot to see from these titles but on paper like that release calendar for me is amazing and i yeah. think it makes sense to have those two biggest hitters later on in the year so they can benefit the most from like the most dev time one thing that like I'm super curious on is like what is the difference between the titles that are launching on but on PS4 and PS5 like Spider-Man Miles Morales they've barely shown off if even shown at all the PlayStation 4 version and obviously mm-hmm. like you know the reviews online for the the PS5 one that's the review that I've been able to put together and everything but at no point did they offer the PS4 version of Miles Morales um and it's just I'm just curious what the difference between those things are because does it all boil down to in the case of Spidey it's like turn the ray tracing off and you have the PS4 yeah. version and then in the case of Horizon it's like well how do they meaningfully sell you a play a 70 dollar 70 pound ps5 version but also meaningfully you know do it in a meaningful way that makes you want to yeah. splash out but also maintain feature parity with the ps4 one i just that's a weird territory to be in anyway i mean i'm yet to get my hands on it obviously but from everything i've read everything i've seen everything i've talked to you about you know mm. i would just watch the digital foundry breakdown of miles morales like last night yeah. and it doesn't seem like that version of the game has been hampered by being on playstation 4 like it's still like looks at least to me like mm-hmm. second hand third hand like a proper next gen game i don't can't, i can't see where it might have been sacrificed you know in terms mm-hmm. of visuals in terms of ray tracing in terms of resolution of frame rate to also fit in a playstation 4 it seems like they've optimized it very well but we haven't seen that second version like you said mm-hmm. so for me although i am a bit worried about potentially these franchise being you know limited by older architecture i feel like these developers especially first party developers like they know what they're doing they know these consoles inside and out they can make two very different games well very different versions of the same game that like make the most of the architecture of each console mm-hmm. and are perfectly optimized for each one so when it comes to the end of 2020 2021 i've messed that up every single time i've said it so far this <laughs> to podcast. Tw- tw- to 20, when it comes 21. to the end of 221 and 2-0-2-1 i completely messed it up again when it comes to the end of next year like yes. we'll have two versions of horizon potentially but one will hopefully look very much next gen we'll have all of the features we expect and won't be kind of you know pulled back or be compromised in any way to be on a playstation 4 i just i just don't see that happening because what's the point of buying a playstation 5 if so well that's what i'm thinking i mean that, that my whole thing is I, w- I want new fancy shiny stuff i've said this all along like I, I don't want you to put a console out and then semi convince me that i would have been fine with the playstation 4 pro like I'm, I'm going on this stupid ride with you sony and i'm buying this half step system you put out a few years ago so if you're going to do all singing all dancing you know next gen it has to feel like the next generation and not this half step catch up to xbox because they do game pass type stuff so i don't know i'm curious how that stuff um rolls out i will also point out that we're losing light or at least i am so if i <laughs> 
slowly get darker in this room. I'm not going to put a light on. I'm just going to slowly get darker. But I thought I'd mention that for the video people, because at some point I'm just going to let the Simpsons when Homer's just in the dark, just two eyes in the dark. And then, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, something that broke on, um, I think it was on Saturday, um, is the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, um, which is a remaster. And there's more work apparently being done to the original Mass Effect game, but it's the re-release of the original trilogy, um, all touched up into 4K Ultra HD coming spring 2021. Um, apparently the deal with this, um, which is more pulling from what Venture Beats Jeff Grubb said um, earlier this year, is that apparently they were going to do this earlier in the year, if not last year. But the reason it got delayed is because they wanted to touch up the original game more um, to bring that sort of, that game's combat model, that game's general feel, performance, whatever, more in line with Mass Effect 2 and 3. Um, do you think that, that we'll literally get Mass Effect 1, but it'll play like 2 and 3? Or Because for me, I think it'll be a texture pack. And yeah. you know, for because they said new character models, but I, I think they would have said a new combat model at this point. Yes, yeah, Sam. I mean, you know, I was, I'm really excited for this game as, of course I am, because I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. And it's like gaming's worst kept secret until it was announced. You know what I mean? We've <laughs> been expecting this all year. But the big question was, how much were they going to touch up that first game especially? Mm. And the reaction that I saw kind of online where I think a lot of people assuming that it was going to be quite a substantial overhaul, but from everything I've read in, you know, um, the articles that I've read in the YouTube videos I've seen and stuff, mm -hmm. it seems to be, like you said, more of a texture pack, more of a resolution bump, more of a frame rate bump. And I don't think they will touch Mass Effect 1's combat especially in a hugely substantial mm. way i think it would be cool if they did but i'm just sort of tempering my expectations because i'm from everything i've read it doesn't seem like that's what they're well, the thing is, doing like, or interested at the minute i'm going back through mass effect one and which i mentioned on a different video but me and my wife are going through mass effect one and that game's combat sections would be over in a second if you had a decent mm -hmm. combat model um stuff like where you're I forget the names of the planets, but it's um, when you're, you know, you're in the Mako and you're flying around, you get out of the Mako, you fight some dudes, you get back in, you drive somewhere else. Like those combat encounters are like two or three dudes around the corner that you sort of awkwardly <laughs> line up with and take them out and then you drive off somewhere else. If that game had a decent cover system, like Mass Effect 2 style, Mass Effect 3 style cover system, you would blow through that thing so quickly. Um, I just don't think that those levels, those, those um, combat encounters were built for a decent cover yeah. system. You know, they started that rethinking encounters way more from two and three. Yeah, I think that's the big problem because you can easily say, well, just put two or three's combat system in one and like mm. call it a day. And that wouldn't really work because like you said, it was built around this much clunkier set of mechanics and so these clunky. kind of weird <laughs> systems. You know what I mean? You've got like the overheating weapons and stuff like that. You've got the back button that fires out the uh, the disc, I love grade, that which I do love to be fair. That animation but really I, quickly, just that, that um, animation, yeah. the way he like flings like a side throw of the grenade. Bring that That's back. Sick. Put that in yeah. anything. Stop over, overhand grenade throw. No comment. <laughs> like every time. Like you're skimming a stone. I want to yeah. be able to look across a body of water and skim that little grenade over to the other side. And then. And also, like you can press the back button again to detonate it whenever you want. Skim a nade and then let me hit the back button when it's in midair. Jobs are good. Bring that back and then I'll buy it for like seventy pounds <laughs> or how much ever it's going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think the most interesting nugget of info that was in there is the fact that they're actually working on a new game like that's something i didn't expect don't don't you be jumping oh. ahead on my docket josh brown Apologies. i've got i've got a i've got a nice little segue but you know speaking of the original trilogy they're doing another <laughs> new mass effect and um, this i don't feel like this has been covered very much i think because all they put out was a uh, like a conceptual art piece of artwork um 
whatever they put like a new a, a visual thing out but i don't feel like it got as much coverage as the legendary edition um however um casey hudson you know just full-on confirmed they're doing another full-on mass effect um with a veteran team um which mm. sounds better than it is because a lot of those veterans have actually left bioware in regards to you know the original doctors that set the um the team up like you've got um drew carpishan i don't think is with bioware right now but he might have come back um casey hudson's uh, involved though um and um that image that is out there of the four squad mates in the new ship apparently Currently, that ship's called the Mud Skipper, um, because if you um, data miners have found that the filed name of the image that was uploaded is called Mud Skipper, so um, okay. maybe that's the name of the ship. You can spy if you zoom in. One of the squad mates is a Salarian, so at least we've right. got a nice, a nice multi-species crew. That's interesting, Scott. I was thinking the other day about Mass Effect, obviously, because this news broke, <laughs> and I, like I said before, like this was my favorite gaming franchise for the first three games, it's like so even the third game. game. I couldn't tell you the level of hype I had surrounding that thing. Going down after school to get my pre-order was was something else. But since then, I, I was thinking about playing like Mass Effect Andromeda, and it's almost like that didn't even happen. Like don't, don't I ended up. I ended up enjoying it enough in the end. I thought the first 15 hours were absolutely terrible, but I had enough <laughs> of a good time after that. But it almost feels like Mass Effect as a series has been dead since like 2012. Like it feels yeah. like the past eight years, it's just been totally absent, which doesn't make sense because there has been a game since then. But it makes me wonder how they can reinvent it while staying true to the original game and your choices that you made in that those mm -hmm. original games uh, while also giving us something that is distinctly Mass Effect, but also something new. Like it's a it's an unenviable job as far as I'm concerned. And while I am looking forward to it, I just I don't know what route they could take to please everyone. <laughs> I, th I mean, very obviously, obviously on N Seven Day they had the reunion of the original voice cast. Um, like I think it's uh, it was like Jennifer Hale and uh, Mark mm -hmm. Muir was back and stuff, and. Um, I don't know. I don't know if whether to take that as an indication that they want to do something. That because if, if you got the um, what was the ending on Mass Effect Three where you could get that secret ending that showed that Shepard breathed again after everything? It was like the ultimate ending or whatever. If you collected everything or yeah, there was some fancy ending for Mass Effect Three that only like a fraction of people got. Um, but obviously the clips of it are online. Um, and it shows Shepard breathing in, in amongst all the rubble when everything's done, when the Reapers are defeated and everything else. Um, Shepard was still alive. And so do you think they would do something like that? Because they have no way to bring your save across unless, unless they do mm -hmm. it from the Legendary Edition. You play the Legendary Edition, that's a yeah. next-gen save. The new game recognizes your save. And even if Shepard doesn't continue, your <laughs> Shepard doesn't continue, they could use that to be like, this is what happened in the background of the new game. And then you can yeah. be like, oh, I, man. I'm, I'm wishful thinking. I'm wishful. I have thinking. no idea. I have no idea because it seems impossible. Like the the different ways Mass Effect Three could have ended, like mm. just set up radically different games. Like I'm not totally <laughs> against bringing those original characters back. I don't think you necessarily have to, but I think there's a way you can bring them back and focus on something smaller scale. You don't need to bring them back and then do another universe ending plot. You know what I mean? Mm. It could be about rebuilding the universe or trying to get things. You know back on track and the conflicts that would no doubt spring up because of that and stuff. I, I don't know whether I would like that, but I do want to find some way to bring perhaps those original voice actors and those characters back to reprise their roles. Because one of my favorite parts of Andromeda was that kind of like secret file like you could stumble upon that was from like Liara and they were talking right. about you know, the Reapers invading and what's going on back on Earth and back in the Milky Way and stuff while you were away in Andromeda. And I thought that was so cool and such yeah. a neat way to kind of tie the two games together. I don't know how you would spin that out into a new game. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, in Andromeda, like you said, some of the coolest parts are when you tie back to the originals. Like you can find word of the elusive man that he was actually the one that founded the Ark Project, and he was mm. he was the mysterious benefactor that was in touch with Garrus's dad, and that was why all the Andromeda Initiative and all that stuff managed to get the funding to get off the ground. I like the idea of that stuff. I kind of I like the idea of them as the original team, as Casey Hudson, with a more mature perspective, obviously it's been, like you said, eight years or whatever it's been since Mass Effect 3, maybe doing something where a set of characters in the new game maybe just talk about the events of what happened and maybe you can input something which are three style, even if you don't have a save, you can just tell the game what the state of the world is, like which of the, maybe does yeah. a personality quiz and whatever the <laughs> hell lets you sort of go down the route of like, well, you know, this is what the state of the universe is and then have the developers talk through a new set of characters to be like, I heard Shepard did this. Oh, I heard he did this. And this was disastrous yeah. for this. And I don't know, I think they need some way of like providing a healing balm over that stuff. Um, Cause think, Andromeda just went, we don't know, we're over here now. I think you know, there's no chance they're going to do Mass Effect Andromeda 2, no. at least as a title, you know what I mean? But no. that said, I do think there is untapped potential in the idea of going to a new universe and doing mm. something kind of new because the biggest disappointment about that game for me was the fact that you have an entire universe of possibilities you could do literally anything and what we got was kind of just more of the same and that's kind yeah, of like an issue time, they're though. in yeah exactly that's kind of like an issue that they have because they need to stay true to the franchise identity to appeal to hardcore you know longtime fans but also you've got literally this whole fresh slate you know what i mean you could do anything you want to do you could tell any story you want to tell mm. and i just never felt that that potential was fully fulfilled and i would i wouldn't mind them sticking to that universe again you can sort of play, pay lip service to what's happened back in the milky way or whatever mm. but just taking that idea and fleshing it out doing something creative with it and just call it something else but set it <laughs> within the same kind of framework that they started because not everything about that game was bad there was definitely ambition and potential there it was just stifled well so the, the combat's great i love the mako the original mako i love the like the newer mako but give me stupid bouncy made of rubber mako like i'd, I'd take that <laughs> all day long um but yeah i think there's if you play the original mass effect now there's a sense of really great pacing the script writing is incredible there's a really really incredible sense of agency to your character where even in the beginning opening monologue you've got like keith david's um captain anderson talking about your own history and you immediately have a sense of place that i feel like andromeda <laughs> missed because it was just so light-hearted and everyone was like, everyone's everyone's making quips it's the marvel style <laughs> comedy stuff which just annoys me but um yeah i hope there's a future for mass effect i mean at least we know that new games are coming and you know in the um sooner rather than later we'll have access to the trilogy so we can see what happens with that um i wanted to talk a little bit about um actually let's go with call of duty um because oh, yeah. this is the something that's happened with black ops cold war um where uh, activision have clearly signed a bunch of playstation specific deals so that the ps5 version or ps4 ps5 versions um have a bunch of stuff that the xbox and pc ones don't um one thing is a whole mode that is only available on playstation called zombie onslaught which is a smaller more compact version of the zombie mode in general um on playstation you'll also get two extra creator class slots and um, you get exclusive double xp every month with windows and um, extra tier skips if you buy the battle pass and um, plus 25 percent bonus weapon xp if multiple playstation people are playing together um that is applied cross-platform but i guess if two playstation people were in the same party as an xbox person the playstation people would pull ahead because their weapon xp yeah. would be higher um, which has led to a lot of people applying the play to win thing where it's like play to win on playstation like if you buy that version you're just better off as a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. 
LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Um, what do you think of that stuff? Because there's more to do with COD in regards to how ludicrous the file size stuff is. But what do you think of it? It's stuff? so very strange, mate. It's so very odd because mm. like we was with Modern Warfare 2019 where they had that exclusive mode similar to how they have the zombies mode now. And everyone kind of kicked off about it because mm. like why just segment such a tiny part of the game? Like it almost seems a bit petty to not allow Xbox users or whatever <laughs> like access to that tiny mode. It's like, what's the point? And they've done it here, but then they've also doubled down on it with like, like you said, like the extra creator class options, this weird 25% double XP weapon bonus. And I understand that Sony has probably paid a lot of money to Activision to not only market Call of Duty and associate it with the PlayStation brand because mm-hmm. they used to have that advertising deal with Xbox, but now to get these added exclusive features, it is just like, ultimately, it will this sway anyone to get the PlayStation version of the game over like the Xbox version? And why, why go down this route? Is there not anything else you could have sort of manufactured to make the PlayStation version more appealing? Could you not have, you know, had some PlayStation mascots as emblems or something like that? You know, right, something right, right. at least associated with the PlayStation brand and not just this weird, you know, I don't necessarily think it's, well, I guess it is kind of like, not pay to win, but certainly play to win, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you do have this weapon XP bonus, which will only net you attachments faster. It's still something tangible and it's something, mm. you know, that is worthwhile ultimately, especially if you're, you know, you're playing Warzone or something and you really want to try one of the new guns and then you want to grind out the new attachments and stuff. Like you'd want to do that on PlayStation because otherwise you have to buy tokens to use weapon XP in game <laughs> otherwise, you know what I mean? It's it's literally like Battlefront 2 had that whole, you know, the, the VP card system and it was like, just spend yeah. more, roll the dice more, get more cards. Um, obviously this isn't a loot box system, but 
on PlayStation, you're going to get those upgrades faster. You're going to, you're, you're going to have better gear faster because you rank up faster on PlayStation, which feels like a pretty fundamental black and white way of writing out. Like this game is not balanced well for cross platform. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I, I get that Sony are going to throw their money around because it's the launch of a new system. And if you're between the two, then they want, if you're anything of a Call of Duty fan and you're like, you know, a typical scenario, you're standing there with a PlayStation on one down one aisle and the Xbox down the other, and the PlayStation comes with all the bells and whistles in relating to yeah. Call of Duty. They really they they're flashing those signs saying like if you're gonna yes. put money down, go with us. So I, I that all makes sense, but it's it's pretty cold. Like it is it is really ridiculous. cold, especially given their history. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big Sony fan, obviously, by the fanboying I do on these videos, but at the same time, like <laughs> people will take I, that seriously. <laughs> no, they will. It's fine. I said <laughs> the headline in the papers tomorrow. Um, no, but when it comes to um, you know this idea of crossplay, Sony historically has always been far behind in that. They were mm. so late to the game when it came to actually opening up their console and opening up, up their games and allowing Xbox people to play with PlayStation people. Mm. This almost seems like a way for them to begrudgingly do it, but still desperately try to make people play together on PlayStation. Because it's like, yeah, <laughs> you can be in parties and you can, you can play if you get an Xbox and your mate gets it on um, PlayStation, but also you'll get a nice little bump if you both buy the PlayStation version. So why would you want to go anywhere else? You know what I mean? Is, it's just kind of, ooh, weird. I don't like I, it. I was just thinking like, cause you mentioned, you made a really good point. Like they could have just done cosmetics. They could have just done visual stuff. If their whole thing is hoorah team PlayStation, why didn't they, why didn't they do that? Why didn't they give us or give players PlayStation themed cosmetics and skins so that when, when you're in a group and you're standing as a platoon, like in Call of Duty, when the game loads and you're all walking together, all your PlayStation buds could have had PlayStation gear on. If, if that yeah. was their point if their point was look what we have but it's not it's more like it's more mechanical based it's more like you will play better if you're on playstation yeah it's not like they are against putting in some wacky skins or even some wacky emblems and stuff like you can't say that oh it would break the realism of the game to have <laughs> you know a kratos screen a skin or a nathan drake skin because at the moment they literally have leatherface and billy from saw skins would, in uh, Warzone. Was you know what i mean so playing multiplayer the other day and i went around the corner and yeah leatherface was there and i was like what, <laughs> <laughs> what is this dead by daylight just i didn't even realize it's a bit it is a bit dead by daylight but yeah like they've fully gone all in on that almost Fortniteification of the customization in Modern Warfare. And I don't mind that. I know a lot mm. of people do mind it, but now you've got, yeah, you've got like these wacky skins. <laughs> My mate has this like weed skin. <laughs> it's like a ghillie suit <laughs> and it's covered in like cannabis leaves and it smokes and people are complaining <laughs> that it breaks the immersion. And it, it is funny because it is daft, but you've also got like guns that fire electricity, the guns that turn people into like 8-bit um, coins and stuff. Wait, they've gone all in on it, man. Mm -hmm. It's all in the uh, marketplace. Like you can't okay. unlock this stuff usually in the. I'll tell you what. You super quickly with with COD, I um I play all the time, but I <laughs> I turn all the tick boxes off. I just um, I play a little bit of um team. I love domination. A little bit of team deathmatch. <laughs> give me give me free for all. That's it. Like I'm not doing anything else. There's a whole. There's like two thirds of that screen that I just ignore, where it's flashing orange and purple, Dude. and I, I have no idea. You're missing out. It's such a good game. There's so many good modes. And that's why it doubly sucks, man. Because I, I like what um, Activision has been doing with Call of Duty recently. I like that they moved away from the loot boxes to this battle pass system, which I actually, it's like I always say in these videos, it's one of the first ones that I actually engage with and I buy mm -hmm. the battle pass system because I like the upgrades and stuff. So if they did manage to even do a Sony exclusive battle pass system, like even that would have been something to get like these daft stickers or these daft 
um, you know, skins or whatever. It just mm -hmm. makes more sense to me than going in on this weird XP boost thing or this tier skip thing that, you know, it kind of sounds inconsequential on paper, but you have to pay for tier skips otherwise, you know what I mean? I think it's yep. 150 COD points otherwise. So if you want to skip five, like you would have to pay real world money to do that. Otherwise, here you get it for just buying the game on PlayStation. So there yeah. is an advantage, however small. And in this, you know, current climate that we're in, where it feels like everyone else is moving away from this mentality, it's strange to see Sony specifically go back to it. My Yeah, my thing is, like, I can see the, the business side of it, the whole, you've got a console, a Call of Duty is a massive thing, they want to bring people over. And they do a version of this every year. The, the point where I have a proper bone of contention, if that's even a phrase, is um, the thing where you can progress, you can progress faster, you can unlock stuff faster, um, you know, better weapons, better augments, better... Uh, you know, aiming and things like that, like stuff that will fundamentally make you a better player. If you're then going to hang that on cross-platform, maybe some part of them wants PlayStation players to be better than the competition. But I just think yeah. that it's 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 kind of scummy. Like it sucks, and um, it's it's something like that. Like the 25% weapon XP thing, I think should be the one. That for me, that's the line. They went right over mm -hmm. the line. Like I I can see platform exclusive stuff, providing it's fundamentally pointless. Whereas this feels like it changes the um, the actual meshing of different player pools. Um, next thing, though, in regards to this um, is just storage space. The storage space of all of the consoles has been released, revealed, rather. Um, and also, <laughs> Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War's file size is kind of ludicrous. Um, it's, uh, between, it's over 130 gig on, on PS4, uh, PS, well, PS4, PS5, and um, Xbox One, Xbox Series. Uh, I think it's 133 gig on the PlayStation side, 136 on the Xbox side. Um, PC has seen a reduction down to 82 gig. Um, but that's to go alongside the fact that the storage space of the consoles has been revealed. Um, so you've got 667.2 gigs of the 825 gig that it's being advertised for the PS5. The Series S um, will give you 364 usable gigs of its 500, um, which according to GameSpot is 70% of its total. Xbox Series X gives you 802 gig of a one terabyte, um, which you know we take alongside the average AAA file size, the likes of Red Dead, Final Fantasy, and now Call of Duty. Um, um, on Xbox Series S, you could fit two games on there and then you'd be done. That's ridiculous, man. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. With the new generation, I was hoping that developers were going to get better with optimizing their yeah. games so you wouldn't have to get into this situation, this situation where you have to, you know, pick and choose or re-download huge file sizes. And I know we do have kind of like external hard drives for some of these games, but they would play worse if you played them from that. You know what I mean? Like mm. if it's not on the SSD, you're not getting those extra benefits, especially in terms of Sony's games, which are all about the SSD and all about that fast load times and loading in textures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it for the game like this as well, this is just a starting point. You know what I mean? This is 130 <laughs> gigs for a game that's going to get bigger. As more downloadable content comes, as well, more saw, um, expansions come. Oh. Add Modern Warfare, last year's Modern Warfare, which right now is on about 180 gig. And they keep right. saying that like, they were like, oh, we're going to reduce the file size, but that turned into, you can install certain parts of it. So if you don't want to install the campaign and just play multiplayer, you can do that. Um, if you want to install everything for last year's, uh, for Modern Warfare and the new one, it'll be 320 gig. Um, which is that, that would leave you 44 gig on the uh, Series S, <laughs> which is just ludicrous. The, the wider point, though, I, I made this when we did the PlayStation 5 storage video, is that how much longer can we go on with... As, 
how is this not false advertising? Like, how is it not? Like, they say that um, they, I'm probably conspiratorial, they say that, <laughs> but it's literally like Sony, Microsoft, any tech company will advertise a set amount of data and that's advertised and you're getting a console that has this much data and then you get it home, you look at the storage space and it's never that number. How is yeah. that not false advertising? It's kind of one of those things that we just sort of take for granted at this yeah. point, isn't it? Like we just accept it. And like, I, I never think twice about it. I'm like, I just, I'm like, oh, cause it's not going to have exactly as much as it says in the tin, but why do I have to have that horrible surprise every single time? But it's hundreds less like as this? well. Like yeah. it's uh, like in the, uh, the S's case, like it's 136 gig less, which is just yeah. like, it just, I don't know. That just seems kind of insulting. Like the series X is a couple hundred less, like the PS five is almost 200 gig less, like just, they're, they're massive files. I just don't advertise that big a number if you can't get anywhere close to it. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if... It, I think it's just a case of they can, so they will, you know what I mean? Mm. They will inflate the numbers because, I mean, it's technically true. They're just not telling you that the available space is much less than what's actually mm. capable from the machine. And I think part of it is sort of selling external things as well. I know Microsoft in the Xbox Series X has those sort of plug-in um, memory chips or whatever. Seagate? Yes, but they are very expensive. They're like mm. a couple hundred quid to get, and it's not going to be like cheap. No one is really going to be able to afford that if like a parent is splashing out on a, on a no. console and then a game and the next controller for a sibling, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Like that's a lot of hefty chunk of change to have to come in after the fact to be like, oh, also, if you want to play Call of Duty, you're going to have to buy this <laughs> thing. And then install it because like otherwise... You Back on the, uh, the 360, because uh, I got an Xbox Core system. I think we've talked about this before, but I couldn't afford a premium, so I had to get a Core, and I was like, ah, it'll not be that much different. I'll just buy all the accessories later. And so the, the Core didn't only came with a little memory card. It was like a 50 yeah. meg card or some complete toss. And then I, I bought a 120 gig drive for 120 English pounds from GameStation with all my <laughs> various months saved up. So I, I've been through these wars before of not having yeah. enough space. It's not a well, good time. It's one of those things that I feel sorry for. Like I've said on the last time we covered this, I think that people like me, you, most people who watch this video, like we're not going to be burned by this so much. We're going to mm. do our due diligence in advance. We're going to, you know, look at the exact specs and what each console offers and then plan accordingly. Mm -hmm. But I remember similar to you growing up, I remember when I got my first Xbox 360 and my parents didn't realize because we had the original Xbox that for this one, instead of the Xbox, you needed something with a hard drive on. And I got an Xbox on Christmas day that, had no hard drive and no memory card. No. I had to play the opening of Tomb Raider Legend over and over again <laughs> until I could go go to the shops in a few days' time to actually yeah. buy that memory card for it. It's like, I remember being that kid and being slightly disappointed, and I feel bad for anyone this year who's mm -hmm. getting one of these machines, and then it's like, oh, this this is not as good as I wanted it to be. I can only fit on a few like games. You would get it home. My phone literally went off. I'm going to leave this in the recording. Why? Why? Whoever thinks they have to message me, I don't care. The um, <laughs> I, yeah, that whole thing though of like you know you you want to transfer all your saves. You want to carry across all the games that you've bought, etc. Um, but that idea of trying to plug everything in and or trying to sort of access everything, um, and the console just saying no immediately. There's something about having that warning sign that like it's not capable of doing it straight away. Um, that I think is just inherently annoying or off-putting when it is a console launch. It should feel like we get rid of these problems. Um, because yeah. they were a thing in 2013 as well. I remember people complaining about file sizes and storage sizes back at the launch of the PS4 and the Xbox One. And it kind of feels like a big old shame that we're going to have the exact same thing again. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially, you know, in the seven years we've had since the, the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 launched, like, I don't know about you, but I feel like the general consensus is most people are buying digitally more mm. than ever before. So yeah. they're going to have to, if they want to play a game, they have to re-download the whole thing and then delete the whole thing, or I guess 
Sony technically says you can delete parts of it now and re retain part, <laughs> which is how they're getting over the file size, but you're still going to have to delete some part of it mm. and then have to mess around reinstalling parts of it to play it again. And in, a, in an era that is more digital than ever, like I don't think I bought a physical game this year since like January or something, you know, oh, for God, the yeah. ever. and mm. I've really enjoyed that. But at the same time, I don't know about you, when I delete games off my, um, you know, XMB now, I almost forget that I have them. <laughs> and it takes me like going through the library to be like, oh yeah, I bought that. And yeah. then I, could, I could, could play it, but I would have to download, you know, 50 gigs and then download a 30 like, gigabyte you know, patch. And do I have the time? It's I don't the know. Resident Evil 4 inventory thing where it's like, I want all yeah. these big blocks, but I've got to slide this and move this and put this here. And like, just, I just want to access everything. How hard is that? <laughs> Give me a 10 terabyte drive and let me put all my copies of Shovel Knight on it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, that, that's sort of it for the, the biggest stories right now. We're going to try and do one of these new, story, uh, new shows every Monday. And uh, one final thing that broke as we were putting the notes together, we don't have that much time to cover this. So I'm going to ask you for one sentence reaction. Okay. What do you think of Watch Dogs getting a complete edition rated by the ESRB and the Brazilian Games Rating Board scheduled for next year? Uh, Don't some more Watch Dogs, mate? I, I think I think nothing. My brain went blank. My ears <laughs> fell out of my own head. I don't I don't I don't want that, mate. I used to I I thought Watch Dogs was all right to be honest. Yeah, right, yeah. Thought it was okay. Enjoy. I'll tell myself. you what, Josh Brown. Uh, Watch Dogs it? Legion. Oh. Considering that it's it's written, the script is horrible, the dialogue's terrible, every cutscene just makes you want to skip it. Um, Watch Dogs Legion's all right. Watch Dogs Legion's quite good fun. But um, none of the things that make Watch Dogs too good and Watch Dogs Legion quite good fun are in Watch Dogs One. So I'd, I would be amazed if they could make Watch yep. Dogs Complete Edition land. Um, but I guess we'll see. Um, for now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast News Edition, some sort of name that we'll think of in the future. Um, and I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Goodbye. And we'll catch you next time. See also ya. bye. <laughs> <laughs>
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.